All right, so I got to say, if you told me that an individual would win the Bonehead Award, or at least a share of the Bonehead Award, would get the highest score in college and get the highest score in the NFL to get Jasmine's Top Dog Award, I would have told you that you were crazy. But that is exactly what Marcus Cassidy did. He won all four awards, and my goodness, he is going to be recognized. And he is recognized on the page as having such. So congratulations, Marcus. I guess we'll see what happens this upcoming week with you. And everyone, let's go ahead and get into the show. Welcome, everyone, to Season 2, Episode 13 of Pauly's Pickens, the podcast. As always, I'm your host, Derek Pauly. And if you don't know, you can go to Twitter or Instagram at Pauly's underscore Pickens. Not as active there as I am on Facebook, but I am active there. So tonight we have a special guest. I know I say that about everyone, but everyone is special to me. Uh, fellow Tennessee fan, Brad Betts. Brad, how you doing tonight? I'm doing good. Uh not quite as bad as I was yesterday. From I was pretty hoarse yesterday from going to see my high school team play Friday night. I hollered a little too much. Uh, I'm glad I'm able to even talk tonight because this morning I couldn't hardly talk at all. Okay, so and how did your high school team end up doing? Uh, we we uh, won our game in the third round, so we've made it further than we've ever made it. So we made history uh, for uh, – my high school team as far as as far as we've ever been so this coming friday night we'll be playing for the north half state championship okay so do you plan on being horse again next weekend i don't think i'm gonna make it to that one i uh i have to work the next day after that ball game and it's a away game too so i'm probably just gonna stay at home for that one I got you. Well, hopefully you can still catch that on the uh, internet web uh, radio show. Hopefully they broadcast it over the, the internet radio. Uh, yeah, they usually have uh, a live feed going on on Facebook and one of the high, high school uh, pages and stuff, so I'll probably still get to see it. Okay. That's what's up. It's well, Brett, pretty, it's, pretty cool. it's, pretty, it's pretty cool, though, because I support three high schools uh, I I support the high school here at West Point because I live here in West Point. Right. I support Houston High School because that's where I played at and graduated at. But I also support Eupora High School because I played up to my 10th grade year there before I left to go to Houston. And all three of them are still in the playoffs playing for the North Half State Championship. So I think that's pretty cool. I'm proud of all three schools. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Actually, Brad, before we go – uh, much further. Uh, do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Uh, I was born and raised in Newport, Mississippi. I graduated from Houston High School, like I said. Uh, I live here in West Point, Mississippi, and uh, I, I, I love Tennessee football, like the volunteers and stuff like you mentioned. I also support Mississippi State because I, uh, I, I graduated from Mississippi State uh, along with, I used to work uh, part time at Mississippi State, so I, I support them along the way. But my my main team is is the Tennessee Volunteers. I was a little disappointed yesterday, but things happen. Yeah, uh, I, I actually did not see that game. Being a fellow Tennessee fan, uh, I'm uh, a little bit uh, uh, embarrassed that I didn't catch the game. But uh, my wife ha- and her friends have game night every month, and that just happened to fall yesterday and uh playing games and didn't catch any of the later football games and then i got a message saying oh hey uh, south carolina's really putting a beat down on tennessee so i went on the internet scrolled i saw i was like oh yeah i don't think i'm even gonna watch this game now yeah they there's a rumor going around uh leading up to that ball game i don't know if there's any truth to it or not but if it's true, it could it could have a little bit of an effect on how that game was played. I don't know if you heard about it or not, but uh, there's a rumor going around that uh, Hendon Hooker and uh, uh, Banks 
the linebacker for Tennessee got into it uh, earlier in the week during practice because they say in Banks was still push up for it or whatever, and uh, he did he he didn't do the push ups and started a fight with a hooker over it and everything and. They saying that Banks got left behind and was left in Knoxville that didn't get to uh, travel and, and and play in the game because the coaches uh, t- took the side of a hooker uh, over the over the situation. They, they even said that uh, Milton had to break break it up because they got into a fight and everything. But uh, oh gosh, I th- I, th- I think that uh, re- kind of really affe- uh, reflects back on our coaching staff and stuff. They should. Uh, show a little more leadership and handle that situation a lot better to where it wouldn't, we wouldn't be in the situation we was in last night because a lot of them are saying that the defense laid down and didn't play like they uh, uh, normally would because of the fact they were kind of ill over that whole situation. So I don't know. Man, uh, I, I, yeah, I, I don't know either. Uh, I mean, I know the game being in Columbia, uh, the Gamecocks had the home field advantage, but I mean, letting them score sixty three points on you just uh, like just to spite the offense, I mean, and ruin your chances for a backdoor possibility of getting in the playoffs. Why would you do that? I and I, I don't like know if you said. Heard... I don't know. Like I said, I don't even know if it's true or not. I just heard I heard that that's what had happened. So. If if that's the case, then that that's pretty sad. That's pretty messed up. Yeah, and what's even more messed up, uh, Hooker he tore his ACL, so he's out the rest of the year. So we gotta have Milton, and hopefully he doesn't overthrow every, everybody. Or Vanderbilt very well could beat Tennessee this upcoming weekend in Nashville. I hope that don't happen. I don't even want to think about the thought of it. No, I I don't either. But I mean, Vanderbilt thought they beat Kentucky and they beat Florida, so I mean. They're hot right now. We're not. I yeah, you're right. I don't even want to think about that either. I'll be happy if if we beat beat Vanderbilt and only have two uh, regular season losses. Anyway, I said at the beginning of the year we would be ten and two. I had us honestly losing to Georgia and Alabama at the beginning of the season, mm-hmm. so that's why I said ten and two. I was really surprised that we beat Alabama. I was happy we beat Alabama. Mm-hmm. On top of that. My stepson is an Alabama fan, so you know it gets kind of intense in this house and everything. So, <laughs> yeah, and uh, and heck, they got a rivalry game coming up next week uh, at uh, with Auburn. So, I mean, anything could happen. Auburn right. hasn't really looked good this year, but take the records and throw that out the window. Yeah, anything can happen. I don't quite see Auburn beating them, but uh, you never know. Yeah, you never know. Uh, Brad, I know you said uh, one of the people before was talking about the playoffs, and you wanted to talk about the playoffs too. But I mean, we can still we still can. But uh, I know you do something that I do not do, and that's college fantasy. Did you want to touch a little bit on that? Yeah, we can talk about it. I mean, I want to kind of get the group involved involved in it uh, next year when, when we uh, have college fantasy. Uh, that is, if I can get enough participation from everybody and everything. Uh, I enjoy college fantasy better than I do NFL fantasy. Uh, it gives you it gives you a little more idea when you're watching the games and stuff how people are performing, right. uh, how good the teams are doing and stuff. A lot of the times, it even helps me with my picks because I can see how someone is actually performing, and that's what, and, and, and especially if they're on my team or my fantasy team and all i kind of ha- have an idea what to expect from them when i do my picks so next week i'm not going to have a game going in college fantasy because i got eliminated from my last mm. uh fantasy team this past week i was number one in my league uh for fantasy football but i had a bad week because we had all these cupcake games that came up and half my players just didn't uh, perform good, and then uh, a couple of them had like some really tough games too, and they, they didn't do good. I, 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 what really hurt me the most is I played the quarterback from North Carolina, and he did, he'd been hot, yeah, and he didn't play good flip against Georgia Tech, and that killed me. 
And then I had the Duke quarterback uh, on my bench, and he just lit it up, and he hit 35 points on the bench, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, really? I'm wondering, uh, you know what, and as bad as that is, because I live in North Carolina, I don't, I remember Duke playing yesterday. I don't remember who they played or if they even won. Do you, do you remember off the top of your head? I remember. I can't remember exactly who the, who they played. Uh, I just happened to see how well he, well he done in that game, and I can't remember who it was that they did play, but they, I don't, like I said, I don't even know if they won either, but I know that they, he did it really good in his game that he played, so. I've, uh, yeah, I've the most I've done with college was uh, kind of like the DraftKings, uh, where you make your own team, and even then, like, uh, like pulling from all one hundred and what one hundred and thirty-eight or sorry, one hundred twenty-eight, one hundred thirty-one schools. Excuse me, um, like all the players that for me that that's like sensory overload. Like, who do I choose that would be hot or who would be cold? And I think I did like one week of the DraftKings in college and I ended up losing. And I was like, I'm not going to do this again because I'm going to get overwhelmed and I just can't handle that. Well, so I like it because it's more competitive from a uh, standpoint. You have more people to choose from on your waiver. You have more people that are performing well on waivers and stuff. Whereas NFL, once you recruit your team and stuff, if you don't have them on your bench or have them in your lineup, there's hardly no one left in waivers that you can hardly pick up. That's true. That is very true. Uh, I do want to say though, real quick, <laughs> that you are the uh, you are the only second person on the podcast that has done that that is doing college, pro, and my fantasy. The other being Tyler Hutton. Everyone else that's been on the podcast, they've done you know one or the other. I just want to let you know you are in rarefied air with Tyler. <laughs> Maybe I get the opportunity to go up against him in college fantasy uh, one of these days. I mean, yeah, that'd like be said, pretty cool. Yeah, if, uh, if if like you said, if you can recruit people, I mean, I I would definitely be down for that uh, next year for sure. Yeah, it would make it exciting and make things interesting. Yeah, and uh, like uh, <clears throat> like like we talked a little bit last night uh, off the air, um, or not on the podcast, uh. That the 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 this the Polly's Pickens page has grown a little bit. I think uh was it two or three years ago that you joined? I believe, or was it longer than that? Uh, something like something like that. I can't remember exactly when I did join. I know I have a tendency sometimes to forget to do my picks later in the year when it when it's like this because I get so wrapped up in deer hunting and working and stuff like that that every now and then I'll I forget forget about the picks, but. Thankfully, you got uh, a couple of people that uh, helps remind us that picks need to be done. So that helps me out because of it being tagged and stuff. So that that that's helped me out a lot. So where I don't forget to do my picks, but but I also started doing uh, where I start trying to get my picks in as quick as possible. I, it may hurt me sometimes because I don't have time to do the research I really want to do. Right. But at least I, I have and instead of not having them in at all because. Like like I said, deer season has started, and it's just like most of my time is spent during the day in the woods and stuff. If I'm not working, right? Yeah, and and I understand that. Uh, but I do want to let you know, and uh, everyone else that may be listening, um, if you do get your picks in early and you do decide to change, that's quite all right. Everything locks in at the end of like college game day, or if I choose a Friday night game, well, I mean, I I guess that game would lock in. But if you you or anybody decides to change your picks, that's fine. Just, you know, send me a message saying, hey, I'm swapping this for this. That's totally fine. You, you, like, once you choose them, you don't have to You don't have to keep them if you don't feel so inclined. So Right. And see, I, I've done that once, but I hate that because I feel like I jinx myself because nearly 90% of the time when I change a pick, it comes back to haunt me. I usually wind up having the right team picked the first time. <laughs> yeah, and then you it's, second it's guess crazy. yourself. Well, Brad, if, if you don't mind, um, I got uh, Shane's Bonehead Pick of the Week pulled up. I'm going to go ahead and read it if that's okay. Uh, oh, okay, it's uh, kind of a confusing and surreal week for me, choosing a Bonehead Pick of the Week. We've had seven people lose out on a 10-point pick with all the upsets this week. With that being said, congratulations to Jeff Kersey, Charles Daniel Bentley, 
Melanie L. Moody, Marcus Cassidy, Brad Betts, T. Jason Lewis, and Chris Yabera. Y'all's overconfidence in Okie State and UCF earns all of y'all a share of Bonehead Pick of the Week. Huh. Well, I mean, I yeah, guess that's... Yeah. yeah, I get to rock Bonehead Pick of the Week two weeks in a row. <laughs> I'm actually... I'm Knock on wood, I haven't got the Bonehead Pick this year. Um, I can't say I won't ever get it this year, but, man, I had at the end of the year... Last year I had it four times, so I was like, "I'm I'm okay with not having it this year." So far, I say I got it two weeks in a row. It might have been a week before last that I had it. I know it's pretty close together. I'm a, I may be off a week. I can't quite remember, but I know it's been pretty close to two weeks in a row. It was uh, it was when uh, Georgia played Tennessee, and I think you had Tennessee pretty high. And Shane's like, "Well, that's yeah. that's, that's an easy bonehead." And I'm like, "Well, no, Brad. I mean, uh, I mean, you're doing a pretty." Pretty decent. I mean, I mean, neither one of us are going to win the pickums this year, but I mean, you're doing a lot better, and, and you've been, you uh, continue to make picks. There have been a few people that have unfortunately fallen by the wayside. So I, for one I started out really good. I started really good uh, off in the other pickums, and then turned around and just went like straight to the bottom. <laughs> you talking about for the uh, for, for the NFL picks? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like right now, I'm looking at you're in 16th place. Uh, I mean, 467 points, uh, only was that 70 points away from first place. So, but oh, uh, oh, Randy A. Gill there, man, he uh made picks the first week, we did not assign any confidence points. And you know, I feel like a- I kind of feel like that's my f- I added Randy to the group, but I didn't explain to him when I added him to the group that you had to uh, do pick by confidence points. So I kind of feel uh, like I should have explained that when he first joined the group, I feel like he kind of got caught off guard by that. And he may have got frustrated about the whole idea. I don't know. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause uh, I guess uh, another Mississippi state fan, uh, T Jason Lewis, he said he, uh, he had uh, talked to Randy too. And I guess, Actually, I have no idea what what happened with that. But and then there's been a couple of other people that haven't, you know, like haven't made picks for a couple of weeks. Uh, Glenn or Zach or Andy. So I don't know what's going on because they've been playing pretty consistently, uh, like throughout the past few years. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yesterday, yesterday was a surprising day for me because. They was teams that that looked like they was going upset teams and stuff, and then out of the blue they came back and won. And then, like I said, Tennessee didn't do good yesterday. I'm like, it's like all the teams that were supposed to win struggled early in the game, and some of them came back and won. And but Tennessee just like they never just showed up. It's just right. I, I see that coming. Uh yeah, I, I know what you mean about you know the teams coming back later. Um, I didn't the, the the early game I saw at first was TCU and Baylor, and wow, uh, TCU kicking that last second field goal, no timeouts. They ran onto the field, got under control, and kicked the field goal, and it was good. Wow, good on them. And then Michigan uh, kicking a last second field goal uh, to stay unbeaten. Those were the two games, the two early games that I remember seeing the most of. So, I mean, yeah, definitely good on them. Yeah, I remember telling my stepson, thanks for jinxing, uh, <laughs> jinxing us yesterday because he's going to text me while I'm in the woods saying, y'all definitely in the playoffs now because, see, there was like only seconds left in the game and TCU was losing. Mm-hmm. Michigan was late in the fourth quarter. I'm talking about it was like the last – couple of minutes they were still losing all of a sudden both of them come back and win because he right after he made that text message and then when I got home Tennessee was losing I'm like man what in the world is going on mm-hmm. I told him I said I thanks I think you just jinxed my whole team <laughs> well I mean for being a Mississippi State Bulldog fan since you graduated from there they they put a beat down on I don't even remember who they played, but I remember the score. It was like 60, 60 something to like six or something like that. Who they played, but it, it wasn't nobody of importance. Well, uh, what was 
funny was watching Arkansas put a whooping on Ole Miss. That was funny. I did not see that coming. Maybe it's just I, I obviously hadn't been paying that much attention. Then Arkansas, to me, hadn't really been scoring that many points per game unless just just missed it. And I almost had another upset pick yesterday because I I had picked a UCLA over USC and that just didn't turn out. Uh, quite right at the end either because USC pulled it out at the end. To, so I got close, but it just didn't happen. Well, let me go back and double double check here. Um, luckily, you did not have the lowest score of the week. That was uh, Melanie and William Carpenter. They both had twenty two points. So it was. I think it was a down week for everybody across the board. Huh. Yeah, what hurt me the most was Oklahoma State and. Uh, Central Florida. Yeah. So many people had Central Florida at 10. That's – yeah, that, that that's screwed was, a lot of people. Yeah, I was one of those people that picked Central Florida. Yeah. And, I, I, I had them up there, but uh, I was like, man, I don't know if I – I probably shouldn't put them at 10. I think Florida State will probably handle. Uh, I don't remember who Florida State played. I think Florida State will handle um, their opponent, and luckily they did. So I moved the ten points to Florida State when I did make my picks. So, uh, man, uh, so do you see a lot of movement with the playoffs? Or yeah, the playoffs, Brad. Uh, I see a little bit of movement. I looked at the AP poll earlier. I know it's still not the playoff poll. But looking at the AP poll, they had USC ahead of uh, LSU at number five now. Really? And uh, I, 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 yeah, I, and I saw where uh, Clemson has snuck back up to number seven. But they they played Miami, and Middle Tennessee State beat Miami. <laughs> Florida State beat Miami that bad. That's not a good quality win. Yeah, I know. I guess they're just looking at the fact that they're they're like one of the only teams left still with one loss. Granted, LSU's ahead of them by one uh, spot with two losses, but uh, you got behind Clemson. You got Alabama with two losses, and then mm-hmm. Tennessee and Alabama with two losses. They got USC number five, but uh, the the uh, the top four stayed the same. So right. It's going to be interesting to see what they do. I mean, that's like I said, that's just the AP poll. I mean, the pl- playoff committee live will not choose the same way. That's true. And I'm wondering since LSU played UAB, it's like, oh, well, UAB, UAB wasn't ranked and UCLA was. That's why they moved USC to number five. I don't know. I'd For me, I would probably – I personally would probably flip-flop that. I'd put LSU at five, USC at six. Because uh, cause you Southern Cal, they still have to play Notre Dame at the end of the year. And LSU plays Texas A&M, so anything could happen. Yeah, Southern Cal still got to play Notre Dame. And I believe, and I may be wrong on this, but I believe my, my stepson told me that Southern Cal, if things stay the way that they are right now, would be playing like Washington in the uh, Pac-12. So... That'd be an interesting game. Yeah, yeah, because I, I think I think Oregon was a favorite until they lost uh, Washington the week prior. So yeah, I think Washington does hold the tiebreaker. So it would be what the Pac-12 South against the Pac-12 North. So yeah, that would be a pretty good game, Washington and Southern Cal. Hmm. And I know TCU plays uh, uh, Iowa State this week. Yep. So I still think. TCU will win that game. The about the toughest game they have left will probably be the uh, Big Twelve Championship. Which who are they play in the Big Twelve Championship? Because I know they got rid of the divisions. It's like the it's going to be the two best teams play one another. And I I, I haven't looked at the records. So I don't know. Right now, because I I know right now I looked at the rankings the other day. Right now, Kansas State is the second best team in that division. Oh. And they play Kansas. I think they had trouble beating Kansas State the last time they played them, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, we could get a rematch. Interesting. Now, yeah. 
going to be interesting to see what they do with uh, Michigan and Ohio State when they play because both of them's undefeated. It's going to be interesting how, how one of them drops in the rankings once they play and one takes a loss. You know, I was talking to somebody about that at church, and he's a Michigan fan. So he, he his logic or his thinking is they would probably just flip-flop because, you know, uh, like, if two beats three, you know, nothing's going to change. If three beats two, well, I mean, okay, well, they lost to a top five team, so we can't drop them too much. So, yeah, you're right. It would be interesting to see how that tra- how that would happen. Well, see, to me, you have a lot of politics involved in some of these schools, too, because like Alabama, they could lose a game and they don't drop but maybe two positions. They didn't drop very far when they lost to Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think Ohio State is one of those teams where if – Michigan was to beat them and it was to be a close game, I don't think even Ohio State would drop out of the top four. I think they would still keep them in the top four because they just love Ohio State. I don't understand that. I've never understood the love for Ohio State. But it's like every year they get preseason ranked in the top four, even if they're not that good because they have no one else to play. I'm glad that Southern Cal and and, uh, UCLA is actually going to the Big Ten. Now they'll actually have somebody that's a little more competitive where it won't just be one-sided all the time. Right. And uh, do you know if they're going to, like, what they're going to do about the divisions or how they're going to, like, do their realignment? Or or, or have you heard anything, Brad? I haven't heard anything on that yet. Okay. Yeah, I, I hadn't either. Man, so yeah, Texas, Oklahoma coming to the SEC and UCLA, USC going to the Big Ten. I, yeah, I, I don't know how that's all that's going to transpire. I'm sure that it's not going to be the last of the dominoes to fall because it's going to all probably come crumbling down for long. Yeah, I, I think by 2030 we might not have any, or we the division or the conferences might be a lot different than what they are currently. That's just my opinion. I was I was t- talking the other day about how TCU is and stuff, and uh, to me, TCU's team, to me, is a lot similar to Tennessee's team. It's, they're not quite as explosive to me on offense, but they have an explosive offense. Mm-hmm. I just think TCU has better defense. Oh, for sure. Because TCU has a really, really good – quarterback and they got some really good receivers but I think Tennessee had the edge on them as far as explosiveness on offense but overall TCU may actually balance out to to be a a more balanced out team than what Tennessee is so it's going to be interesting to see how Tennessee I mean how TCU fares against some of these teams if they actually make it in the top, uh, top four it'd be good to see Somebody besides Oklahoma in 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 the playoffs anyway. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I, it, like you said, it'd be kind of depending on how far if Michigan beats Ohio State or Ohio State beats Michigan, like how how far they would fall, like what that would make the the playoff picture look like. Would it be like uh, so in that case, what do we have? Like you know, Georgia, Ohio State, or Michigan. TCU and would USC backdoor in if they beat Notre Dame and win the pet? I mean, we, we could have potential uh, four conferences represented, possibly. Right. And uh, let's not forget how bad Georgia played Kentucky yesterday. They only won by 10 points to Kentucky. So if Georgia plays like they did against Kentucky in the, in the SEC championship against LSU, they may not come out of there with a victory because LSU's done the, uh, improved a lot, and they could surprise Georgia the way they've been playing. From what I've seen in the groups, it was bad weather, the wind, so that's why Georgia didn't put up more on Kentucky than what they did. To me, that sounds a lot like like excuses, but, I mean, what do I know? Hey, it's, it's, it's like that's all you see on uh, Facebook the, the last four or five weeks is uh, Georgia and Alabama fans making excuses for why their team is losing this game or, or playing bad in this game or 
not doing better in this game. It's it's just hilarious. I'm 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 not gonna lie. I like to try to uh, stir the pot just a little bit. Uh, for that, I got I feel like I got to pick and choose my battles because if I comment the wrong way, it could blow up in my face, and then I'm the one that looks like a dumbass. But I try to, like I said, I try to pick my battles and just get in, put in a little bit of truth, even even it might be a little bit skewed or well, a lot skewed. But if, as long as you put a little bit of truth in there, they can't really argue that. I mean, they could, but then they look ridiculous trying to say it's a lie when it's actually truth. Oh, yeah. And they can say what they want, but I know Georgia fans are relieved that Tennessee lost yesterday because they know deep down inside they didn't want to play Tennessee again. No. That's, no, why, they kept, that's why they kept crying because Tennessee was being ranked fifth. They thought we was going to fall completely out of the top ten when we lost that game. I mean, well, no, because they were ranked number one. I mean, like a top, like the top five rankings, you're not going to fall too far, um, like losing to the best, to obviously the best team. Now, us losing to South Carolina, did we, in the AP, I hadn't looked at the poll. Did we fall out of the top 10 losing to South Carolina? No, we, uh, like I said, in AP poll, we're, uh, we're number nine, I believe. We're one position behind Alabama because you got USC at five, LSU at six, Clemson at seven, Alabama at eight, and then Tennessee at nine. Okay. Even though I think, even though I think Tennessee should hold the tiebreaker since we, I mean, I know we have the same exact record in conference as Alabama, but since we beat Alabama, I think we should, um, I guess for bowl seating wise, we should get the better bowl game than Alabama because that would mean that we're the, yeah, the, yeah. Because I still think Tennessee is the third best team. Uh, I know LSU has two losses, but they lost to Florida State, which is non-conference, and they lost to us. So I would, I would say Georgia would be number one in our conference, and then LSU, then Tennessee, and then Alabama, and then everyone else how they fall. Mm. I still think we're the second-best team, even though we lost to South Carolina, but that's just my opinion. But maybe not second-best now since uh, Hendon is out with an ACL tear. Yeah, man. Hopefully – well, hopefully we both hope that we can beat Vanderbilt. And I think if we beat Vanderbilt, you know, going 10-2, and two, we should get a decent New Year's Six Bowl game. Should get a decent New Year's Six Bowl game. I'd be okay with that. Yeah, I'd be okay with that. I just hope we don't get uh, get a bowl game and then turn around and lose it like we did last year. Uh, that would be kind of depressing. Yeah, and as much as I I, I like to troll other teams, I, I do I do troll some Tennessee fans because they yap, 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 yap when Tennessee's winning. But when they lose, you can't find them in sight. And – I've said I've said it before and I've said it again to them. I was like, as much as y'all hated Butch Jones, Butch Jones never lost any bowl game, whether it was like the Toilet Bowl or the Meineke or Belk Bowl. Tennessee never lost any bowl that Butch Jones coached, regardless of how you feel about him. Yeah, and see, I live like a, less than an hour away from the Alabama line, so I had to listen to Alabama fans. I had to listen to Ole Miss fans, because I live right here in Mississippi, even though I'm a Tennessee fan. I had I had to listen to Ole Miss fans. I had Ole Miss fans chirping at me earlier today about uh, somebody uh, ch- check on uh, check on me and stuff to see if I'm okay and all. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm doing fine. How, uh, how did your Rebels turn out last night? Because uh, yeah. you know they got destroyed by Arkansas, but yet you want to chirp at me about Tennessee losing. Well, I mean, yeah, my team lost, but we didn't get this demolished the way Ole Miss was getting demolished at, at the beginning of the game because at one point in time, Ole Miss didn't even hardly have no points on the scoreboard. Yeah, I was surprised to see that. I'm not going to lie. Well, Brad, even uh, sometimes, oh, oh, go ahead. even sometimes the State fans get on my nerves, even though I pull for them as a second team sometimes they really get on my nerves too because they get the yakking and and chirping and stuff and i'm like can y'all just hush i I, I don't get it it's like tennessee fans are the most hated fan base 
and they think we are annoying, but they bring so much hatred upon Tennessee and talk so much noise. It, it, it started during the baseball season. Oh, I got yeah. to the point where they were faces I couldn't even stand. I've, I've enjoyed talking with you and everything. I, I hope you have a good rest of the night, and I hope your fantasy team doing better than mine tonight. I wish I could say, but they're not. <laughs> You all know we can't end the segment without at least me giving you the games for the upcoming week. And here's what the post states. So here are the games for week 13, a.k.a. Rivalry Week. Tried picking a mix of uncommon and then some games with important implications. Probably not the most grammatically correct sentence I've ever written. Um, Good thing Heather Klein isn't reading this or probably listening to the podcast. But for being a sports page, I think it'll be okay. I think everyone understood what I was trying to say. So anyways, the first game for the ACC, I have Georgia Tech at Georgia. For the Big Ten, I have Michigan at Ohio State. Kansas at Kansas State for the Big 12. LSU at Texas A&M for the first SEC game. For the Pac-12, I have Oregon at Oregon State. For the American Athletic Conference, Memphis at Southern Methodist, or SMU. For the Conference USA, I have UTEP at UTSA. And for those that don't know, that is University of Texas El Paso at University of Texas San Antonio. And the risk-reward will come from this game, and it is which team will have more turnovers. For the Independent, I have Army at UMass. For the Sun Belt, it'll be Appalachian State at Georgia Southern. And for the 10th and final game, the second game from the SEC, I have Louisville at Kentucky. Good luck. So let's go ahead, listen to a quick message from the Harp Twins, Camille and Kennerly Kitt, and then we will head over to the NFL portion of the show. Hey, we're Camille and Kennerly, the Harp Twins. You might know us from our viral electric harp covers of bands like Metallica, Iron Maiden, Billy Idol, and more. We also compose and perform our own original Nordic Celtic inspired songs and albums. You can find our music, streaming links, and tour dates on harptwins.com. We are the Harp Twins, and you are listening to Polly Pickham's The Podcast. So a quick story about Camille and Kennerly. I found out about them one night in March of 2018 when I got home from work and was scrolling YouTube. I happened to see their cover of Paint It Black by the Rolling Stones and I really enjoyed it. Fast forward to October of 2019 and I actually got to meet them both when they did a concert in Asheville, North Carolina. Don't remember the name of the bar I went to. But I went to see them, had a great time, fangirled like crazy when I met them, and I've been supporting them ever since. So I didn't expect them to actually record a voice message for the podcast promoting themselves to hopefully have people listen to their music on Polly's Pickums, but they did, and I'm so glad that they did, just trying to send some traffic their way. If you like old rock songs and metal songs and or uh like tv show themes or movie themes from song or songs from like movies and stuff like that go and give them a listen i think you'll really enjoy them moving on to the nfl portion of the show i'm going to start with paulie's probables i went four and two this week before i got correct were justin herbert deonta foreman i probably said that wrong T. Higgins, and T.J. Hawkinson. The two I got wrong were the Las Vegas Raiders and Will Lutz. So I said two yeses and four noes. Both of the yeses hit, and I went half and half on the noes. Justin Herbert was projected 19.7 points, and he got it. Barely. He got it by one point. 
even though the Chargers lost to Kansas City. He got it, so I'm counting that as a win. Deonta Foreman was projected 12.5 points. Didn't come close to that. In fact, the Carolina Panthers did not score a touchdown. Um, it was a pretty close game between them and Baltimore until Kenyon Drake had that long run. I think it was a 26-yard run in the fourth quarter, which pretty much put Baltimore in good scoring position, and Baltimore won 13-3. Uh, Foreman only scored 2.4 points, so a far cry from 12.5 T. Higgins was projected 15.8 or 15.9. He got that. He got 23 points, so or almost 24 points, I think, 23.9. So he got eight points better than what he was projected, so good on him. And finally, T.J. Hawkinson. You may be asking yourself, wait a second, didn't Derek already talk about him? I actually did. That was before the trade to the Minnesota Vikings. I try not to have the same person twice, but I was going through uh, the teams and positions that I hadn't chose yet, and I was like, you know what, Minnesota, I've only chose one person from them so far. Let me go ahead and put their tight end. I didn't even register. It didn't even register, I mean, that TJ is their starting tight end now. Um, Before, he did not meet his projected point total. Wow, well... I don't remember. I just know I got him wrong before. Um, I said he was not going to meet his projected point total this game against the Dallas Cowboys, and he did not. The Vikings did not score a touchdown like the Carolina Panthers, but they got beat worse um, than the Panthers did. 40-3 to was the final, and TJ, I think he had less than 10 points, so... Even though I said no, I got that right, so I'm 1-1 one one with TJ so far this year. The Raiders and the Broncos. I said that the Raiders were not going to uh, meet their projected point total of 6 points, but they actually did. They beat Denver, and their defense got them 8 points. I would have had to have gotten 5.9 or below, and I did not. And I said no for Will Lutz the New Orleans Saints kicker. I didn't think that the Saints would do as good with Andy Dalton at quarterback compared to Jameis Winston, but apparently they did good enough. Um, Will Lutz was projected 7.3. He got them 10 points, so that's where I was wrong. You know, 4-2 and is not too bad. I haven't got anything better than that this year, but I didn't go 0-6 this week, so that's a plus. Looking at the games now, uh, there were three games where everyone got the game correct or picked the correct team to win. That was Buffalo, Baltimore, and Cincinnati. We had a little bit of parity for the rest of the games. The Thursday night football game started off good for me uh, and Brad Betts, George Johnson, John Dale, and Shane Aber because we all picked the Tennessee Titans to beat the Green Bay Packers, and that's exactly what happened. Scrolling through some other games. This is one I got wrong. The New England Patriots and the New York Jets. That was a close game until less than a minute left in the fourth quarter. Um, it looks like Charles, David, George, Glenn, Jennifer, John, Marcus, and Tyler got that game correct. They chose the New England Patriots. Everyone else chose the Jets. The lone game... The lone team that was picked correctly between Detroit and New York Giants, that was Glenn Bray. He chose the Detroit Lions to beat the New York football Giants. I did not see that coming. The Giants were at home. Didn't matter. The Lions beat them 31-18 to in a surprise, at least for me. Uh, the Baltimore game was one that I watched. Let's see here. Looks like only four people picked the Raiders to win. That was Brad Glenn Shane and William. Everyone else chose Denver. Everyone else lost out on the points. Uh, there were two people. The Sunday night football game, the second game I caught the most of. Uh, the Chiefs and the Chargers. Looks like myself, Glenn Bray, and William Carpenter picked the Chargers to win. And it, and it looked like they were going to. They were doing good. I was surprised. I'm like, okay, Chargers are at home. 
They should split the series with the Kansas City Chiefs. Unfortunately, that did not happen. And we lost out on 10 points. And just like Glenn Bray lost out 10 points on Monday Night Football because he chose the Arizona Cardinals, um, the San Francisco 49ers won in convincing fashion. So Glenn was the only one that missed out any points on that. And as far as the risk-reward goes, Justin Fields, by one yard, had the highest rushing total of the week. And that looks like Jasmine, Jennifer, John, Marcus, and Shane all got five extra points, while everyone else either chose Lamar Jackson or Jonathan Taylor. Uh, Lamar Jackson actually had the lowest, and Taylor was one yard behind Fields. Wow, who would have thought that? I would not. So there is something that I'm going to address in my brother-in-law's fantasy. I'll get to my fantasy, but there is something I got I have to get off my chest. And if anyone is familiar with wrestling, this is going to be a shoot interview. Not a work interview, a shoot interview. My opponent in my brother-in-law's league, Shane of the Suicide Squad. No, not Shane Abair. Um, this individual has quit a long time ago. And the only reason I know that is because four people in his starting lineup did not register any points. Two are out and two are on injured reserve. That doesn't sound too bad, but he damn near beat me last night. That's what irks me. Uh, Jamar Chase and Zach Ertz are ruled, were ruled out this past week. And Javante Williams and Rashad Penny are on injured reserve. And he still left him in, well, obviously if he's quit, he's left him in the lineup. But yeah, the fact that he damn near beat me gets on my nerves. And you may be asking yourself, well, it's really not that big of a deal. Well, maybe not. But my goodness, dude, if you're just going to quit, like, go ahead and take your team and, you know, disperse them. And just take an L the rest of the season. My goodness, dude, you put in 20 bucks just like I did and everyone else did. Do you really not care about 20 bucks? I mean, I'm trying to win my money back. I didn't last year. You know, I'm trying this year. And the fact that you don't care enough to just pretty much throw $20 away and damn near cost me the game last night, that infuriates me. Thank goodness for Jimmy G pulling it out on Monday Night Football because Everyone, I had Jimmy G, and he came clutch for me. Uh, Shane had San Francisco's defense, which beat their projected point total. But, man, I won 140.12 to 138.4. I've talked to my brother-in-law. He said Shane is not going to be invited back next year. And good. Very good. If you're going to quit, quit. Or Actually, if, if you weren't even going to play, then why would you even go through the draft? Even Because I don't even think you picked during the draft. Uh, you just happen to get the best players or the best players at that position because Joe Burrow got him 28.7, Devontae Adams got him 33.1, and Tony Pollard got him 36.9. So, yeah, I'm a little bit pissed off because I was losing uh, going into the Monday night football game by 13 points. I'm thinking, how am I going to lose to somebody that has – Four people that are going to score zero points this week. And I've, you know, made uh, calls. Maybe maybe some were good calls. Maybe some were bad calls, leaving some people in and leaving some people out of the starting lineup. But I digress. Shane, don't even bother. Uh, I, know you're, I know you're not going to listen to the show, but dude, you really suck. The fact, like I said, that you almost cost me uh, a spot you would have given me a loss and made it even harder for me to try to win my money back. And yeah, okay, I am being a little bit uh, melodramatic because there's money involved, but you gotta put it. You gotta put it in perspective. If you were in my shoes and you had put twenty bucks in to hopefully win that back, and someone that quit like probably week one or week two uh, making picks, they almost beat you. You'd be a little bit mad too. Well, maybe you wouldn't be, but I damn sure am. So, like I said, I'm I luckily 
I won. Uh, I hate that it had to come down to that. My, I was kind of stressed last night. Um, I'm up to third place now in my brother's-in-law's league. So I'm in a good position so far right now. I know there's a lot more football to be played, but I am glad that I won. Just had to get that off my chest. That's the shoot interview. I wasn't going to go too vulgar. But Shane, don't you ever try to play or try to come back next year because I will talk to my brother-in-law and remind him that, yeah, if, if you just quit pretty much like this guy Hoops Bold Team last year. Uh, for the longest time, he pretty much did what you did this year. Uh, drafted, probably didn't draft live, and was beating me for like two or three weeks at the beginning of the season. He wasn't making picks, but still winning games. And I was editing my lineup. Happened to not score but one win during the first few weeks. So, yeah, I... I'm doing better this year than I was last year, so that is an improvement. But yeah, that just really irked me. Let's move on to something that's going to lower my blood pressure, lower my voice, get me my inner kumbaya. Let's talk about the standings for the NFL. Uh, Marcus is still in first place. He has 1,065 points. And that was due in part to a Week 11 high score of 115. Charles Daniel Bentley is in second place, 1,015. He had an 85-point week 11. David Wells, an even 1,000. Third place, 105 points. There were many people. It looks like a five-way tie for the second place score of 105 points. John Dill also had 105 points. He is right behind David with 995. Jasmine and Jennifer are tied for fifth place. They both had 105 and are still at 955 total. I am in 7th place, 85 points for week 11 with 950 total. Ben Wilson is in 8th place, 75 points for week 11. He has 945 total. Tyler D. Hutton, 9th place, 95 points for week 11, 940 total. George Johnson down in 10th place. Uh, he was the last of the individuals with the second highest score, a five-way tie of the second highest score with 105, 925 total. Brad Betts in 11th place. He had 95 points for week 11, 915 total. Shane Aber in 12th place also had 95 points, good for 910 overall. William Carpenter, 13 points, uh, or 13th place, I should say, with 895 points total and a 75-point Week 11. And Glenn Bray also had a 75-point Week 11. Good for 795 points total in 14th place. And Mitchell Jones is down there in 15th place. I'm not going to mention his score because he hasn't picked since the first week. And finally, moving on to the real reason I'm here is my fantasy league I'm doing for the Pickums. Um, I did not win this week, but I know that Team Ghost Killer, a.k.a. Anthony Contreras, my brother-in-law through marriage, um, well, I, he, I'm, come on now, he drafted better than I did. Uh, he was projected better than I did, than I was going to be. Um, I couldn't use anybody off my bench. I had, well, there were quite a few people that were on by. I was like, man, I wish they weren't on by this week. So I put the best put forth the best lineup I could and hoped for the best and that was not to be the case. I ended up I ended up losing 158.98 to 106.96. In the starting lineup, the individual that got me the most amount of points was Derrick Henry on Thursday night against the Green Bay Packers. Two total touchdowns. I believe he threw for one. Not sure how many rushing yards he has. It's not showing me, but uh, Green Bay won. He got the highest. Uh, sorry, Green Bay won. Green Bay lost. A Anthony was not happy Green Bay lost because Anthony is a Green Bay Packer fan. The Titans won. Green Bay lost. And Derrick Henry led the charge for me on the starting lineup. And on the bench, it looks like uh, James Robinson, the New York Jets running back, uh, got me the most amount of points. He got me... Wait, hold on. Did I look at that wrong? My goodness, I did look at that wrong. 
shoot. Okay. It was the actual the actually the Detroit Lions defense got me the most amount of points on the bench with eight. We're projected four point two. Uh, almost doubled it with eight points. Not too bad. Uh, let's see who Anthony had in the starting lineup that got him the most amount of points. That was Devontae Adams. Yeah, as mentioned before in the previous, well, not previous segment, but a few minutes ago with Shane. Yeah, 33.1 points, so good on him. And on the bench, Anthony had Dawson Knox, a Buffalo tight end. He went off good. I uh, kind of wish I had him in my brother-in-law's league like last year, but alas, it wasn't to be. Uh, Dawson got Anthony 14 points, so good on that. The next game was between Team Mooney versus Atlanta Super Mario Brothers. Tyler beat Glenn uh, pretty bad, 136.7 to 86.6. Let's see who Tyler had in the starting lineup. Got him the most amount of points. That was Justin Herbert, got 20.7 over projected 19.7. So, yeah, he beat his uh, projection by a full point, like I said earlier. Not bad. Not bad at all. And on the bench, Tyler had Daniel Jones, the New York Giants quarterback. Got him the most amount of points. Probably could have uh, started Daniel and beat Glenn by forcing what he did because Daniel had... 24.64 on the bench in the starting lineup. Glenn had George Pickens, the Pittsburgh wide receiver, leading the charge with 18.3 points. Almost doubled his projection of 9.8. And on the bench, Glenn had, wow, Amari Cooper, 31.3 points. I bet Glenn wishes he could have that back and plug Amari in the starting lineup. Probably would not have lost as bad, or probably would not have lost at all. The next game will be Team Jacob, Jacob Moore, against Rome's Renegades, uh, Jerome Winston. Jerome won this game, 116.58 to 101.52, so not, not too big of a blowout. Uh, in the loss, Jacob had... Let's see here. Justin Fields didn't score as many fantasy points as he did the previous week, but he led Jacob in the starting lineup with 22.62 points, so barely beat his projection of 22 even, but a win is a win. And on the bench, Jacob left Joe Burrow, or well, left Joe Burrow on the bench with 26.7 points total. Not bad. Uh, Game could have been a little bit closer if he'd have put Burrow in, but I digress. He didn't know that was going to happen. I didn't know that was going to happen. Uh, Jerome in the win. Let's see who he had in the starting lineup. Samaje per, golly, Perine, per, Samaje Perine, Perine, whatever his name is, a Cincinnati running back. 30.2 points. Was projected 5.5, so here's that word again. I think he sextupled or nearly sextupled his projection. Wow. Projected 5, got 30. Not bad at all. And on the bench, Derek Carr led Jerome with 20.28 points. Beat his projection of 13.4. So not too bad. The next game features Alabama Hutton's heroes against tapouts and touchdowns. Tyler versus Ryan. Hutton actually won this game 147.06 to 114.5. So... Ryan drops his second game of the season. In the win and in the starting lineup, it looks like, dang, Travis Kelsey, the Kansas City tight end, uh, almost doubled, well, I can't say almost, was not too far from doubling his projected point total of 19.6. He got 35.5 points. Yikes. And on the bench, Tyler had the Colts defense, uh, 11 points, definitely mm, more than doubled, just on, just less than tripled their projection of 4.3. In the lost uh, bully Rye, let's see who he had on the starting lineup, got him the most amount of points. That was Jamal Williams, the Detroit Lions running back. Uh, doubled his projected point total of 11.9, got him 24.4. And on the bench, 
it was Devonta Smith, the Philadelphia wide receiver, uh, beat his projected point total by a full point. Uh, was projected 12.3, got him 13.8. So, kind of tough for Ryan to drop that. But, I mean, he's still in first place in his division anyway. The next game, Georgia Dean versus Alabama Gumps. Uh, Chris versus my brother-in-law and sister who were playing in my league as well, which I've already pretty much stated. Uh, let's see who Chris left in the starting lineup, got him the most amount of points. That was Jalen Hurts. Uh, was projected 21.8, got him 24.2. Not bad. And on the bench, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, the Dallas Cowboy running back, got him 17.7, beat his projected po to point total of 10.5. Didn't do as good as Tony Pollard, but I mean, 17.7, not, oh, you know what, I take that back. I take that back. He had Jimmy G on the... Uh, bench uh, was projected 15.5 got him 25.42 so yeah Jimmy G was on my uh, starting lineup in my brother-in-law's league and Georgia Dean has him on the bench in his league I'm sorry guys I, I, I need to pay a little bit better attention it looks like um, in the starting lineup for my brother-in-law and sister the individual that got them the most amount of points was Pat Fryermuth, the Pittsburgh tight end. Was projected 12 points, got them 15.9. Not bad. And on the bench, it looks like Matthew Stafford, the Los Angeles Rams quarterback, is leading their bench, like I said. Uh, 13.5 projected, got them 15.76. Uh, so, almost an 8-point victory. I'm sure they'll take that any day of the week. And finally, we're going to end with Tennessee golf balls against no punt intended. Brad Betts versus Andrew Bridges. Andrew Bridges won 141.98 to 109.24. In the loss, my guess this week, let's see who Brad had in the starting lineup. Got him the most amount of points. That looks to be Dak Prescott, the Dallas Cowboys quarterback. Really didn't need to do a whole lot with uh, Ezekiel and Tony Pollard leading the way. He did beat his projected point total of 16.8. He got 21.64. So good on him. And on the bench. Uh, that would be eight points. Uh, Robbie Gould, the San Francisco kicker, beat his projected point total. Was projected 7.6. Got him eight points. So pretty much all or nothing for Brad. And as far as Andrew goes in the starting lineup, let's see who got him the most amount of points. Ah, Tony Pollard. There you go. 36.9 points. Almost 37. Uh, easily tripled his point projection of 10.5. Not bad. So I'm not... I'm okay with uh, Andrew having Tony Pollard. Not okay with Shane of Suicide Squad. And in... Sorry, and on the bench, it looks like Wondell Robinson, the New York Giants wide receiver, got him the most amount of points on the bench. Uh, easily doubled his point projection of 7.4, got him 19.4 total. So there you go with that. All right, guys, let's not forget that there is three. There are, excuse me, there are three games this week because it is Thanksgiving week. And let's go ahead and get to the games. And then we'll end the podcast. So the first game on uh, Thursday will be the Buffalo Bills at the D Detroit Lions. Then it's the New York Football Giants against the Dallas Cowboys. The New England Patriots are at the Minnesota Vikings for the last uh, Thanksgiving football game. Starting on Sunday, we have the Denver Broncos at the Carolina Panthers. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are at the Cleveland Browns. The Baltimore Ravens are at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Then it's the Houston Texans at the Miami Dolphins. The, the Chicago Bears at the New York Football Jets. Cincinnati is at Tennessee. Then we have Atlanta at Washington. The Los Angeles Chargers are at the Arizona Cardinals. Las Vegas is at Seattle. The Rams are at the Chiefs. The New Orleans Saints are at the San Francisco 49ers. The Sunday night football game is the Green Bay Packers against the Philadelphia Eagles. And the Monday night football game 
features the Pittsburgh Steelers against the Indianapolis Colts. Okay, and Marcus literally gave me the risk-reward while I was recording just a little bit ago. The NFL risk-reward is the highest-scoring game between the Buffalo Bills and Detroit Lions, the Las Vegas Raiders and the Seattle Seahawks, and the Houston Texans and Miami Dolphins. So go ahead and get your picks in because the games start a little bit earlier than usual because of Thanksgiving. Love you guys, and I will talk with you next week.